Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. We're recording until Matt Fraction gets here for Die Hard. That's right. Uh, Not a second of this will be edited? No, no edits. Unless we say something terrible. Well, look, we know we're being recorded. We're not going to say anything terrible. I, I, not like Cowboy Bill Watts did. I have, like, look, people begin to ignore the camera seconds after it starts rolling. There, wait, is there a camera? No. This is an example, not of audio, but of video productions, where the camera starts rolling, and then people immediately forget it's there, and start acting as if it wasn't there. 
This is that, common. Is it though? I don't think it is. I think Chris, that's I think that's Hollywood magic. Chris, have you never seen a real housewife? <laughs> I mean, look, I go to certain sites. <laughs> uh huh. So what I want everybody to do is uh, let us know if you want Matt and I to launch a third <laughs> podcast. Because uh, you know you know what's really popular is a podcast where you sit down and you watch an episode of something. And then you do that until you've watched an entire series. Uh, I have a podcast like that with Sailor Moon. Uh, our friends uh, RJ and John Morris have uh, – uh, just one more thing, which is a Columbo podcast. I got Go followed. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris, but I got followed by a different Columbo podcast this week. On yes, because there's one that's just called the Columbo podcast. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's a beloved show. It is. It's a classic. I'm sure that Sailor Business is not the only podcast about Sailor Moon. As far as I can tell, the Columbo podcast is English, and I think there are U.S. and U.K. versions of every podcast, so that's okay. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so, obviously, Matt and I, we do Movie Fighters, which is the only podcast where uh, two dudes bro out and watch a movie together. Uh, but we've been talking about launching a little thing called the uh, called I Don't Think So, Chris and Matt. Yeah. Which is our episode-by-episode episode home improvement podcast. Yeah. With the the twist here is that I mean I love Sailor Moon, you know R J and John love Columbo, April Richardson loves uh, Saved by the Bell. We fucking hate Home Improvement. I hate Home Improvement. I like doing. I like ironically going. It's a recent. Oh, so, it's a recent habit I've taken up. So let us know if you want us to watch. How many seasons? Like, look, let's do this right now. How many? How long did Home Improvement run? Okay, I'm gonna get on the Wikipedia. Yeah, I, we're, I'm, I'm hitting I'll, Wiki. I'll tell you this: we tried to. I, I broke the news to you that Dave Chappelle was on an episode of Home Improvement. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I was I was mistaken about his role on the show. I thought he Holy was. Holy shit. It lasted for nine seasons? Eight it was seasons? on from 1991 to 1999. That is almost the entirety of the 90s. It was on for almost the entire decade of the 90s. Oh my god. It was, god. On, it was on for eight seasons. Uh, we watched JTT grow up, man. Yeah, we did. We Remember, saw, where, where's that dude at these days? We saw, he, he left the show. Oh my goodness. Uh, d- departure of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. In the show's eighth season, the middle child, Randy, left for an environmental study program in Costa Rica in the episode Adios, which aired on September 29th, 1998. This was done because Jonathan Taylor Thomas reportedly wanted to take time off to focus on academics. His last appearance on Home Improvement was the eighth and final season's Christmas episode, Home for the Holidays, which aired on December 8th, 1998. He did not return to the show for the season finale, series finale, aired May 1999, only appearing in archived footage. Yeah, apparently there was a reunion in 2011, and they hadn't seen him since 1998, which has to be weird. <laughs> he was shooting the film Speedway Junkie for the release that summer. Ah, His character was not replaced. 
Uh, yeah, we we lived through. We saw JTT grow up. We saw Brad's many terrible haircuts. That was that's ZTB, right? Uh, Z- Zachary Ty Bryan. Zachary Ty Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're well, looking, Matt. This show and these were twenty five episode seasons. Oh yeah, like full network seasons. So there are over two hundred episodes of Home Improvement. Two hundred four. 204. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, there's a title for the opening theme. It's Iron John's Hammer. Iron John's Rock. I think like we're doing this uh, podcast now. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing episode zero right now. <laughs> episode zero of uh, I Don't Think So, Chris and Matt. <laughs> now, did, did uh, Home Improvement, did they do the big... Uh, extravagant Halloween episodes or is that just a Roseanne thing? I I remember like my memories of home improvement are fuzzy at best. Well you remember Roseanne, they always used to do like a big elaborate Halloween episode, right? I never really or, watched much Roseanne either. Well it wasn't even it wasn't even like it was a big like it wasn't like a treehouse of horror thing. It was just like the family in Roseanne would have a very, very elaborate Halloween party every year. Yeah. Which is weird because they were supposed to be like these like Dan worked in a fucking factory, right? And Roseanne had like a string of minimum wage jobs. They were supposed to be like this middle class family. But they, they would I mean, build they, like they were supposed to be working class. They were supposed to be super poor. Yeah, they weren't even they were not even supposed to be middle class. But like they would have uh they would have every Halloween they would have these super elaborate things. Like like animatronic zombies and shit. And they would always have like really elaborate costumes. I, I vaguely remember that. I, I think home improvement did that thing. Like they had the Christmas episodes where like Tim would make some super amped up, jacked up light display or something. Would you say that that had less power? I would say it had more power. <laughs> God, what a fucking terrible show. I think they may have done that for some Halloween stuff, too, where he would build, like, animatronic shit. But, okay, here's my history with Home Improvement. My dad really liked it. And it would watch it. And I would kind of catch bits and pieces of it while my parents watched it. Quick question. Your parents, would they refer to it as home improvement or would they refer to it as tool time? Home, they would call it home improvement. They, okay, because my mom would invariably refer to it as as tool time. My parents understand the difference between a show within a show and don't, the show itself. Don't talk shit about my mom. <laughs> I mean, she also refers to Hamlet as the murder of Gonzago. Okay, look, I have relatives that call it K-Mark. It's fine. <laughs> But I also have an aunt whose name is Racism. I think I may have talked about that on the show at one time. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did you say you have an aunt whose name is Racism? Have I never mentioned this on the show before? I feel like I would remember that, but I have a notoriously bad memory. Okay, if if I've never mentioned it on War Rocket Ajax, you're getting it right here in our holiday bonus episode. I have an aunt. A great aunt. People don't believe this. I tried to put this in a stand-up act and took it out because I knew people wouldn't believe it. I have an aunt 
She was born Ray Washburn. R-A-Y-E. You have told me this. Her last name is Washburn. Or was Washburn. She got married to W.G. Sism. <laughs> S-C-I-S-M. She took his name, thereby becoming Ray Sism. That is North Carolina as fuck, in all ways. I have brought this up to my mom. At which point my mom just shut me down. <laughs> I was like 13. And it just I just had this light bulb go, on, go off in my head. Where it was like, Aunt Ray's name is racism. <laughs> and my mom was like, don't. Just put that away. Uh, I bet, like... I had been driving around her car a couple weeks ago. Like, I borrowed her car. You borrowed the racism mobile. She's, she's at that age where she's not driving anymore. She's right. a very nice lady, but she's like 90 years old. Quick question. Uh, Buick or Oldsmobile? Buick. Okay. I borrowed her car. I was do driving it around. you and I could even buy a Buick? Like, if we had the money, do you think they would even sell us a Buick? They might sell us an Oldsmobile. And the only reason of that is I'd tell him I'm a big Shaq fan. Because he's in those Oldsmobile ads. I think if you like Shaq enough, you can buy an Oldsmobile. You either have to be like 70 or love Shaq. What if you're 70 and love Shaq? Then you're somebody I want to talk to. Now is Love Shaq, is that the sequel to Caddyshack? It is now. <laughs> anyway. I, let's, I was, let's make a pact right I now. Was, let's make a Shaq pact right okay, now. Okay, Shaq pact. We're, you're, we're gonna get Caddyshack off the ground in 2015. <laughs> if Look, if someone paid me a wage to write a script for Caddyshack, because I have scenes in my head. <laughs> Matt, that's not, that's, that's not how it works. You don't get a wage to write a script. You gotta write that shit on spec. Okay, if I I, ha, I, do, I never have time to do anything, but if I can carve out the time, I will write. What? How about this? I'll write a treatment for Caddyshack, right? <laughs> like a twenty-page treatment, and then, but like everything stops there. We don't know any movie people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. I. If I get into the office of a movie person... We've, it, look, we've got... We know enough comics people who have done movie stuff. Like, we know John Rogers. We had him on the show. Look, all I'm saying is, if I can get in that office and make a pitch, I will make Caddyshack happen. Now, do you want to explain Caddyshack for listeners who haven't quite figured out what we're talking about yet? It's about Shaquille O'Neal as a caddy. <laughs> And right. the, the first scene is him sitting in the caddy's, the caddy shack, the office of the, you know, the caddy overseer, the caddy manager. And the caddy manager goes, you were a huge superstar in the NBA. You do ads on TV for Icy Hot. Why are you here working as a caddy? And then Shaq will just say, I, uh, I made some bad investments. <laughs> And that's all you get. 
Oh, that's brilliant. That's my favorite thing you've ever written. <laughs> so you were driving around racism's car. Yeah, and I uh, it made me start doing. Well, first you were of all, literally driving around in the car racism bought. Can you imagine? I this is this is going to get super morbid. I can't. It's and it's going to be relatively soon. Again, she's a ninety-year-old woman. I can't imagine what racism's funeral is going to be like. <laughs> I mean, look. When you say it that way, the first thing that I thought was, well, I'm looking forward to racism's funeral. She's a nice lady. <laughs> but uh, I, I was driving around in her car, and I was just waiting to get pulled over for speeding in this 90-year-old woman's Buick. Harrison is chiming in. And, and just, like, having to hand a registration that says racism on it to a cop. And just what that what would happen. Also... That car made me start doing old person stuff. I, I, went feel like to a, a, I feel like there's a good chance in North Carolina that the cop would be like, don't worry, everybody, she's one of us. <laughs> Man, not in Asheville. I think in Asheville you're not okay. going to get that. But, uh, yeah, it was weird to drive around in racism's car. That, that should be an episode. That should have been an episode of Home Improvement. If I was going to write a spec script for Home Improvement... That's what that would be. I'm glad that we finally get to unapologetically have Harrison on the show. Yeah, I mean, we're What's not Harrison's editing. wreck this week. <laughs> it's cat food. Uh, scratching the fuck out of my walls. Oh, Matt. Matt, I'm following Sasha Banks on uh, Tumblr now. What's, what's Sasha got going on? Sasha Banks' Tumblr is indistinguishable from literally anyone else's Tumblr that I follow. Well, mostly because it's pictures of Sasha Banks. <laughs> Right. And like uh like Sailor Moon stuff. Like oh, that's Sasha Banks is really into Sailor Moon? Sasha Banks is really into Sailor Moon. Like I feel like there there is a chance. And I, I, again, like there like this is just me uh imagining, but I feel like there's a chance we could get Sasha Banks on Sailor Business. Talking about the boss. I'd say it's a slim chance. Oh, very slim. Very slim. But if you could get the boss on Sailor Business, that would be that would be quite a get. Yeah, but like there was a like Sailor Moon photo set that I just assumed was either like my girlfriend or like Bethany, but it was Sasha Banks. I'm impressed. I'm impressed yeah. by Sasha Banks's Sailor Moon fandom. I would love to know what other NXT women are fans of. Like, what's Becky Lynch into? Uh, that's a good question. What's What's Charlotte into? Uh, you know, Charlotte spent like forty five days in jail. What was the charge? What did Charlotte do? Assault. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's a flair. Yeah. I uh, Charlotte is into paying off her dad's massive debt. I think. Oh, you made it. You made it sad. Yeah, that's real. I got real on you. You Kurt angled it. I did. Uh, also, apparently, Sami Zayn is really into Archie comics. I get that. That makes a hundred thousand percent sense. Does it though? Because I was really surprised. Who would be more of an Archie guy than Sami Zayn? 
uh, I don't know, somebody who's not like super in, like a Canadian dude, super into Operation Ivy and Japanese pro wrestling. Oh, the shit. I'm really into Japanese pro wrestling and Operation Ivy. But just and like, I love RG Comics, so the I guess. Way, the way that Sami Zayn presents himself and carries himself. He's basically Archie Andrews with a beard. As it is. Okay, and, and so who is his Betty and who is his Veronica? His Betty is... Well, his Veronica is obviously Adrian Neville. Oh, I was going to say like Sasha Banks. Like Sasha Banks is, I think, the Veronica of NXT. Fair. But I think Sami Zayn's Veronica is Adrian Neville. Okay. And his Betty... Possibly Tyler Breeze. That's really good. That's a good. That's a good thought, Matt. That's a good thought. Uh, the, the, I think the, the men in NXT don't really interact with the women in NXT. So you they can't really, really don't. It's weird. It, it, it kind of goes back to like uh, uh, Stroud's uh, theory about Tyler Breeze being asexual. That he is only concerned with himself because there's that that bit where who was it that like somebody like one of the NXT women tried to like talk to it was Alexa Bliss Alexa, yeah, Alexa Bliss, Bliss like who is objectively gorgeous oh yeah like she is uh, but like she, super cute she like tried to photobomb him but this is before she debuted as Alexa Bliss and she like got in the background of a photo and he yeah went nuts on her. I like Alexa Bliss a lot. I like how she bleeds in every match she has. <laughs> her mouth, like she needs to go to the dentist. She, she, her mouth ble- just gushes listen, blood. Listen, man, her Obamacare hadn't kicked in yet. <laughs> oh, thank you for helping me with that, by the way. Everybody, Matt helped me. Uh, Matt explained adult concepts like insurance to me as I was trying to sign up for my Obamacare today. <laughs> Every time you have one of these things happen, I just get these panicked G-chats. Like, how do I do this? When you, when you had to move, I had to explain moving to you. Uh, and, yep. And yep. now that you're buying, I'm glad you got insurance. I'm, I'm happy for you. I am glad that I got insurance, too. I, I'm curious to see if doctor's offices have changed at all in ten years. Some are nicer than oh, they used okay. to be. Uh, some are not. They got any, uh, got that's, any magazines? That's, any new every, magazines? that's everything I have to say about doctor's offices. Okay. I don't, I don't have like, I don't have like 10 minutes of material about the doctor. This guy knows what I'm talking about. Ladies, <laughs> ladies, do you ever go to the doctor's office? Who was it? Who did that amazing bit that was just like, have you seen this? These guys, and oh, I'm you, like, it what? Was, that was Andy Daly. Yeah, I may it, not like his podcasts, but that is one of the all-time greatest stand-up comedy bits. Did you not? Did, were you not into the Andy Daly podcast pilot project? Matt, it's five hours long. <laughs> it's not that long. It is so long. Comedy Bang Bang's the same way. Like it's, they're funny, but they're like, like the. They go on for a million years. They are as long as our podcast. They are an yeah, hour and do, a half. We do different things on our podcast. <laughs> we have we have four distinct segments on our podcast. 
they, the, the Andy Daly podcast. Well, there were a couple that were just like long blocks of shouting. But there, like the one with Dalton Wilcox in particular, had very distinct segments. Oh, but it was so long. It was so <laughs> long. And listen, listen. I'll listen. I'll listen to a four-hour podcast. I'll listen to Hardcore History. But gosh, Almighty! Well, you don't. And daily, like, and, and also, Would You Rather was not a funny bit. I'm sorry. It was terrible. It can be funny. It's not always good. It depends on who's 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 on. I would say it's usually very bad. <laughs> now, okay. I, I've I've tried to work out what your actual problem with Would You Rather is. Is okay. your problem that they fuck around and don't play the game? <laughs> no, not really. Because I mean, I get, like I get that that's the bit, right? That the bit is like, oh, we're gonna pretend that we're gonna play this game, but really, it's just like, well, they do play. I mean, they do. People do vote at the end. They they get to it. They get to it sometimes. But- Sometimes, but like the, 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 oh yeah, that's a a good question. That's a good question. Escalate the bit. It's like, it's just, uh, I do not, I do not care for it. I don't think you would like their new game very much then either. Uh, What's what's their new game? Talk for eight hours straight? Riddle me this is what it's called. See, that sounds like I would like it. No, it's okay. So the, the, the idea (laughs) You just shut that down. If you don't like Would You Rather, I don't think you would like Riddle Me This. The the idea of Riddle Me This is that somebody says something that sounds like and has the cadence of a riddle, but isn't a real riddle. Right. It's just a question that they come up with off the top of their head. And then everybody else has to come up with an answer for it that could be funny or maybe it's just like a clever answer to a riddle. And then they vote on who had the best answer. See, that seems... That is a good game to play with your friends. With no one recording it. Because <laughs> that is basically like apples to apples. I'm glad that we are... I'm glad that we are getting deep into criticism of a show that's 20, 30, 40, 50 times more popular than ours. Yeah, look, look, what do you want to do? Do you want to, what, what does Ric Flair say, Matt? What does Ric Flair say? Woo? Uh, yes, technically correct. Not uh, the, what space, I was thinking of. Space Mountain is the oldest. <laughs> oldest ride, longest line. Ride in the Not, park, but it still has the longest line. Right. Uh, I, was, I was thinking of something else. Uh, he says, you don't have the prestige. <laughs> See, now we're in. Comedy bang bang bit. Well, this is more, this is more of a you talking you two to me bit, where they just drag it out forever, on purpose, and don't actually get to the thing that they know that they're trying to say, right, on right, on purpose, right. and just don't say it. Oh, did you? Were you doing that on purpose? Did you actually know what I wanted you to say? You wanted me to say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yes, yes, yeah, that is what I wanted you to say. I, I put that together pretty quickly. <laughs> it's it's okay if you didn't know that's what I wanted you to say. I, I did know that's what you wanted me I to mean, say. I mean, it's like it's okay though. Like you for don't the, have to lie. For like, the it's purpose, just us and our listeners who aren't nobody's listening to this. For the purpose of comedy, 
I gave you answers that I knew were not correct. Okay. Or not what you, the, They were correct. They were technically correct, because those are things Ric Flair says. The, you said for the purposes of comedy. Yeah. Okay, so why wasn't it funny? Ah. Uh, <laughs> like an arrow through my heart. <laughs> it was very funny. It was very funny. I can't, uh, I can't hurt you, Matt. You know that. Uh... But yes, he says to be the man, you've got to beat the man. <clears throat> right. So why would we? Why would I talk about? Uh, I don't know a less popular podcast than ours. I, <laughs> which which friend am I about to piss off? This is a, this is an interesting. This is an interesting strategy. To get our podcast into the stratosphere of podcast, starting a beef with a much bigger podcast, a much bigger podcast with the financial backing to destroy us. Right, but if like if they talk about us and get people to hate us, that's got to get some people interested to listen just out of pure curiosity, right? I feel like you and you and I could be the modern Gigi Allen. So you want me to like smear feces? No, no, all no, over no, no, none of that. Oh. Without any of that. Okay. Just with the like with the with we're we're America's most hated. But did people enough people know who Gigi Allen was for that to really be true? Uh, I mean, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably it was not worth being Gigi Allen to be Gigi Allen. I well, I, I get the distinct impression that Gigi Allen did not care about money or fame in any discernible way. I mean, I, I feel like you are probably correct. I feel like you are probably correct with that. I I have no particular affinity to be famous. I'm very interested in money. Yes, that is... I I, I, I mean, yes, I feel the same way. I'm deeply, deeply interested in money. Well, I'm talking about fucking Caddyshack. Yeah. It's going to do it. Now, when was the last time you watched Hated? The documentary about G.G. Allen? The documentary, yeah. I don't know. I watched it one time, and that's the only time. Okay, I have watched it four times this year. <laughs> Why? It's amazing. <laughs> also, there's a, uh, there's a uh, uh, commentary track by Julie Klausner that you can uh, put on with it that was a uh, WFMU uh, premium. With uh, Tom Sharpling did a, a release of a record called Rated GG, where people did like clean language covers of uh, of GG Allen songs. That's very clever. Yes, it is very clever. And one of the tracks on there, one of the bonus tracks, was a a that came on like a uh, uh, maybe a download or maybe a USB drive or something. It was a Julie Klausner did a commentary track for Hate It. I'll take this opportunity to say this. Since we're talking about podcasts that that involve people we enjoy, but that right, we don't right. listen to, uh-huh. uh, the best show is back. Best show is back. I, I still, like, I've tried. I've tried to, like, get into that <coughs> secret club that is the best show. It is a secret club. And I just can't penetrate it. Like, I've, people have told me, like, listen to, like, four of them. And then you get it. 
and I still don't get it. Like it's, it's it still it, feels like it's in this like it's not another language, <laughs> but it's got this like this lingo, this colloquial way of speaking to it, and these this shorthand about it that is a mystery to me. It does have like it is. It is the most in-jokes of anything that I enjoy. It is the most self-referential thing that I think I enjoy, and I like DC Comics. <laughs> uh, but, like, when, when it came back on Tuesday and we were all listening to it, like, uh, like I think we all, we all had, like, our bingo cards out, where it's like, oh, Tom said he's been doing this since Clinton was in office. Oh, you know, Tom, uh, Tom said, uh... You know, Tom's already complaining about wanting to quit again <laughs> five minutes into the show. Like, I I like the videos that Tom Sharpling directs. From what I've heard of Tom Sharpling talking kind of outside the confines of the best show, I get that he's a funny man and a clever guy. Like, even their promotional thing, though, about the phone... Like I watched that promo- promotional video where they were going to smash up said they were going to smash up this phone and send it to people. I got my piece. I got a you, piece of it. You got a piece. Yes. And I was like, okay, I get it. This is like a phone that fans of the show have heard about and they're going to smash it up and send pieces to people. That's funny. What's that phone all about? What happened with that phone? And like I sort of get it, but I'm not really there. Okay, so the phone, like, John Worcester is the other half of the team, right? There's there's Tom Sharpling and John Worcester. John Worcester, drummer for the Mountain Goats. Right. He calls into the show every week as a character uh, from this fictional town called Newbridge, usually. Although he is also called in as Todd Palin a couple times. Those are pretty amazing calls. Which makes it very similar to the Phil Hendry show. Uh, What's the Phil Hendry show? Okay, Phil Hendry had a radio show. For years and years. Uh, Phil Hendry is a comedian. He did like some guest voices on episodes of Futurama. Uh, he's he's like kind of an underground-ish comedian, I guess. Okay. On Phil Hendry's show, he was the host and the people who called in. Oh, wow. He was everybody. And uh, he would get into these long conversations with himself. Where he would call in as these, as these different characters. So it's... I get the format. I just don't get what they're talking about, ever. Well, see, okay. The deal with this particular phone was that one of the calls, and this was early in the show. Because early in the show, it wasn't just about like being funny. It was about like fucking with the audience. Right. And so he did a call as a guy who had written a book called Rock, Rot, and Rule. Which was billed as the ultimate argument settler, where you you know if you liked a movie or a band and you were arguing with your friend over whether this was a good movie or a bad movie, you could look it up in this book that had everything in it that was called rock, rot, and rule, and it would tell you if it rocked, if it rotted, or if it ruled. And that is the phone that he used to make that call, along with several other of the uh, early important calls. And now, the did- calls. Did they answer important questions about whether if something, if two things ruled, 
How would you know which of the things was I better? I mean, Matt, you're going to have to listen to the bit. It's, <laughs> it's all online. <laughs> okay. No, here's, I think I've told this story before. Here's when I got into, into uh, uh, Sharpling. And you can go listen to this episode on the WFMU archive. Just search for Kids Radio. He had like two or three bad calls in a row. And then he just played the song Kids from Bye Bye Birdie three times in its entirety. Back to back. As a punishment for his listeners. And in between them, he would just come on and go, It's Kids Radio on WFMU. And as someone who has considered himself to have an adversarial relationship with his audience in the past, that's what made it click for me. But on the, by the same token, if your complaint about Comedy Bang Bang is that it's too long, <laughs> I, I, I'm noticing uh, a double standard. Well, one of these things is hilarious. <laughs> like, you know the salt and pepper diner bit, the John Mulaney salt and pepper diner bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. By the way, uh, how great is Mulaney? I haven't watched an episode. <laughs> uh, I've watched two. I watched the first one, and it was really bad. And then I saw like John Mulaney on Twitter. It came on, and he was like, listen, I know you don't like my show. I know this because I have the internet. <laughs> but the one that's coming up this week is uh, we're really proud of. We... we we're really trying to do something fun and different. Uh, so if you can give this episode a shot, if you, even if you didn't like the first episode that you watched, watch this one. And I watched it and it was, it was marginally better. Um, at a much funnier premise. And there wasn't so much of it. Like, the, cause the first episode was just basically like acting out a lot of his bits, like the visit to the doctor. Right. Which are like really, really funny comedy bits, but they don't work as like, Little sitcom pieces. It's like uh, the, what you're talking about is first first season Seinfeld. See, I, I've never been a Seinfeld guy. That's what the first season of Seinfeld was like. Oh, okay. A lot of like trying to directly apply stand up bits to a sitcom and it not working. Well, maybe, Seinfeld uh, didn't ladies. find its Seinfeld didn't find its voice until like the third season, which is. Not something any show now gets to do. Well, yeah, like, well, nor should they. I mean, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm glad Seinfeld got good. I'm glad you people like it. <laughs> but what's a, what's a season? A season is is bare min six and a half hours. You can't grab me in six and a half hours. Sleepy Hollow had me in 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 minute forty five <laughs> when the headless <laughs> horseman showed up and had. Two machine guns. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll watch. Maybe I'll watch Seinfeld. I always felt like Seinfeld was something that I couldn't really get. Like I was like, oh, I bet people in New York love this show. I, that is a, a common complaint about Seinfeld. There is nothing to New York about it at all. To me, <laughs> the number one problem with Seinfeld is that there are rarely any black people on it. Uh, which, yeah, I think that's that's which, a fair complaint. Which is something that Larry David 
addressed immediately and kind of fixed on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is nice. See, I've never really watched Curb either. Curb Your Enthusiasm is an acquired taste. You have I know to like, you really like it. I, I love the, how uncomfortable it is. Yeah, well, that's, that's like the comedy you love. Well, that and like, also... Like, I couldn't watch fucking Nathan for you. Oh, I love Nathan. Well, Nathan like, for you. Nathan for you takes it to the stratosphere. Yeah, Nathan, like Nathan, Nathan Fielder. For you Nathan, made me so uncomfortable. Nathan Fielder is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I did love the one where he got the Johnny Depp impersonator and then hired a worse Johnny Depp impersonator to uh, be the first Johnny Depp impersonator's Johnny Depp impersonator. My favorite thing that he did this season, in the second season, was get the guy who was the Bill Gates impersonator, who oh, knew yeah. absolutely nothing about computers. Right. Which is just, like, magnificent. Ugh. But the thing about Curb Your Enthusiasm, or the thing about Larry David's writing, is just the way things come together in the end. Like, it's not just like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. It's the way that, like, these different story threads all come together in the end of a story. Mm -hmm. Which is the same thing he did on Seinfeld a lot. It's sort of the construction of the story that always gets me. I also don't think I like Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I'm getting there, too. I Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee... (laughs) Yeah, like has that. done a lot to make me be like Jerry Seinfeld. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like oh, let me let me take out one of my million cars. How okay. how fucking privileged of a person are you <laughs> that you? I got really mad. I've I've talked about how I got mad about the Seth Meyers episode. I got really mad in the Amy Schumer Schumer episode. The uh, Dolph Ziggler's ex girlfriend. That's right. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's uh, ex-girlfriend, who wrote a, a a book, right? And then there's going to be a movie on it. And the character of Dolph Ziggler, do you know about this? Is it John Cena? John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena's playing the character real life based on Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. You know why that's weird? Because they could have gotten Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> they, Dolph Ziggler could have played that part. Yeah. So they get a guy who knows him. And has to work with him every week. And has to work with him. Oh, boy. Who was on Team Cena. Who won for Team Cena. I know. I, no, okay. So Amy Schumer, in the episode with Amy Schumer, Mm -hmm. they're at a diner. Okay, they're in this car, and they're supposed to be going to this coffee shop, and the car breaks down. And Amy Schumer's, like, sitting there being pretty funny about how it's embarrassing that the car broke down. And also that she's terrified that the car's going to, like, catch on fire. Because it's this old Porsche or Ferrari. It's an old sports car. So instead of going to... Should have bought American. That's right. Instead of going to the place that they were planning on going to, they end up somewhere in the Bronx in kind of a working-class, middle-class neighborhood. They walk around and they talk for a while. And they go to this little diner, and they sit down, and they, they're about to order coffee, and the waitress comes over, and she says, and Seinfeld goes, I want eggs, and eggs are the only thing I want on the plate. I don't want anything on the plate but eggs. 
And then the waitress, who has a, a hard job, she's probably near the end of her shift, she's been working all day, and as a matter of course, always has to ask people this question, or they get mad at her, says, do you want toast? And Seinfeld has to, like, reserve himself, stop, and say, no, I just want the eggs, please. And then he and Amy Schumer have a conversation about how infuriated that makes them. <laughs> that a waitress would ask him if they want eggs or if they want toast when all they said they wanted was eggs. And I'm like, motherfucker, do not be mean to a waitress who just asked you a question that's part of her job. And, in fact, you didn't say, just give me eggs. You said, all I want on the plate is eggs. You, she, she could have taken that to mean, okay, I'll bring you toast on a different plate, you son of a bitch. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Matt. Matt. Calm yourself. I get really mad when people are mean to waiters and waitresses or, like, hotel maids. No, no, that is, that is, that is completely true. Like, you, you should. That is a scummy thing to do. And none of our listeners would do that, I'm sure. Never. Especially no one who is patient enough to get uh, all the way to this point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which has gone on about 20 minutes longer than we expected it to. Yeah. I Now did you but did you watch the uh did you watch the uh best show infomercial that ran on Cartoon Network? I watched the the Newbridge I, one. I started it and then <laughs> something happened that I had to divert my attention. I do want to watch it. Uh well there's a bit in it where it's uh it's a parody of comedians in cars getting coffee and it's uh, comedians in cargo shorts getting frozen yogurt <laughs> and it's Tom Sharpling and Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> walking down the street in cargo shorts eating frozen yogurt that's not bad that's it's not bad good. is it about time to wrap this up <laughs> I feel like it is like I said it's gone on about it's gone on about uh, gone on about uh, 20 minutes longer than we thought it was going to we got a, We got a good forty three minutes of bonus show here that we're gonna put on the uh, on the feed. This is like the, this is like the new the New Year party. This is the New Year party. You're it's hanging the, out with uh with your friends Chris and Matt, waiting for midnight. I, I'll tell you what. You, well, you've already listened to this whole thing. I'll put in the show notes that you should start this playing <laughs> at eleven fifteen p.m. On Are we gonna do a countdown? Are we gonna do the countdown? All right, let's get to 45 minutes and do a countdown. Okay. Okay. Then are we going to kiss each other? Uh, we I, mean, can... I mean, wouldn't that be weird if we did that? We should do that just to freak everybody out. Yeah, it would freak everybody out, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, Is there man. fan fiction written about us yet? All, all the squares are going to be so freaked out. Yeah, just like, just like they were with Gigi Allen. <laughs> oh, callback. War it. Rocket Ajax fan fiction. Let's see. I, I have a sinking suspicion that there is none. Uh, there is none. There is none. I mean, uh, now that we've brought it up, we may have willed it into existence. Uh, that's true. Like, every time, like, all the... All the, uh... Results for War Rocket Ajax fan fiction are Flash Gordon. No, they're they're just us talking about fan fiction on this show. Oh, okay. 
if somebody wanted to write fan fiction about us, that would be fine. And look, I, and we've joked about people not listening to this point. People listen to that whole movie fighters where all we did was read out names and you tried to think of movie quotes. Well, look, that's because they wanted to hear their name and what quote they were. Nobody has any reason to listen to this. I think people just listen to that episode of movie fighters by choice. I, I swear to you. Let us know on Twitter if you listen to that episode by choice. Okay, it's, we're almost down to the countdown. Here we go. Okay. Ten. Ten. Nine. nine eight, eight. Seven. seven six, six. Five. five four, four. Three. three two, two. One. one. Happy, New Year. Happy New Year. Oh. Oh. That was, oh. Like, a, that was like a Betty Boop kiss. That was like a Betty Boop kiss. Boop boop a dupe. Well, we hope this was a wonderful way for you to ring in the new year, everybody. Happy 2015. Happy 2015, everybody. Uh, thank you for your support in 2014. Well, do you want to give out a code word for all the snake oilers out there who've uh, listened this far? Well, let's see. What have we talked about? We talked about Gigi Allen, Home Improvement, Jerry Ra- Seinfeld. Racism. Racism. <laughs> we talked about Caddyshack. Buick or Oldsmobile. We talked about Love Shack. Talked about Love Shack, the sequel to Caddyshack. We talked about Sasha Banks and how much she loves Sailor Moon. The boss. We talked about Charlotte Flair getting arrested. We did. We did. I think Caddyshack with Shack spelled S H A Q is probably our best bet for a code word. The code word? The code word is Caddyshack. All right, well, folks, tweet us the word Caddyshack. If you've listened this far and enjoyed the show, you haven't enjoyed the show, get bent. Nobody and, made you listen to it. All right. Here's, here's how we'll determine whether I'll actually write the script for Caddyshack in 2015. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to start a Kickstarter. But tell me if you would have donated to a Kickstarter for Caddyshack. <laughs> Maybe I'll start an Indiegogo. Just for writing the script to Caddyshack. There will be no guarantee that a movie will get made. <laughs> but I will write a script if, uh, I don't know, if some stuff happens. I don't know. But I have some scenes in my head. I have the opening scene where Shaq determ- lets the guy know that he made some bad investments. There's a scene where Shaq dunks a series of increasingly large things. And there's like a, a recreation of the final scene of the Bill Murray Chevy Chase Caddyshack where the course blows up. But instead of just blowing up and revealing or, or like the ball going in the hole because of the explosions, uh-huh. the entire course blows up and is destroyed. And then under the course, there's a secret subterranean basketball court. You're giving away the gold, Matt. You're giving away the gold. <laughs> and Shaq has to play basketball with some mole people. That's good. That's good stuff. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you Happy for New listening. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah!